listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Lo, for this dark terrestrial ball forsakes his azure paved hall. A prince of heavenly birth, divine humanity behold. What wonders rise, what charms unfold at his descent to earth. The bosoms of the great and good with wonder and delight he viewed and fixed his empire there him clothes compressing to his breast the sire of gods and men addressed my son my heavenly fair descend to earth there place thy throne to succor a man's afflicted son each human heart inspire to act in bounties unconfined enlarge the clothes contracted mine and fill it with thy fire hey welcome to the black Test podcast your host rod and karen we're in the house on a saturday mm-hmm. saturday five more days nigga five more days i just can't get hit with no stray bullets just you know stay out of you know just be careful when you're driving uh we almost there y'all so I'm a, black panther is yeah. upon us don't be getting road rage just let people be like i gotta see black panther it's it's all right you, you can go ahead and cut in front of me mm-hmm. uh, it's all good i'm t'challa you can have this this parking space come it's on fine. you can have it it's not worth it okay mm-hmm. feel like we're in the final destination stage and none and of can't us can't be losing folks yeah we all trying to make it there none of us wants to die on the way okay uh anyway this is the blackout tips look for us on itunes and stitcher the official weapon of the show is the taser and the unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme and today is the day that uh we do your feedback basically every saturday we do a feedback show we listen to what you guys have said to us throughout the week you can leave feedback by leaving us voicemails that are two minutes or less at 704 five five seven zero one eight six you can also email us the black guy who tips at gmail.com you can leave comments on our website the black guy who tips.com and you can leave five star reviews on itunes and stitcher and we read them on the air as long as they're five stars and they're nice um all right let's matter of fact get into the other people though because one of the things you can do for the show is you can donate to the show mm-hmm. all you got to do is go to the black and on the right hand side is a donate button let me get the choir to play me a little a little ditty oh i dropped my, my mouse okay Uh-oh. that's that's awesome give me one second all right oh there we go got the congregation waiting what's happening i don't know who was this visiting choir oh you hadn't heard this song i probably have who um hold on it's that kendrick and scissor from uh the black panther soundtrack yes i didn't remember i was because like i said i just heard it yesterday and i haven't heard it it, it i haven't heard it in its entirety uh, it's, a, it's a second track it's a single anyway i don't care it got a beautiful video too you gotta see the video it's ridiculous uh but the point is uh, we almost there my niggas we going to see the king and uh, by the way let me go ahead and give give the props to the people that gave us money because y'all matter um all right here we go cynthia d thank you appreciate your recurring donation bambi h appreciate you 
we got a one-time donation from pest management solutions of oklahoma appreciate you i know kill them pests uh pamela ab thank you so much jason f we appreciate you Hala QH, appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Donna N, thank you. Thank you. Aisha Y, wait, yeah, Aisha Y, thank you. Sabrina J, appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that don't want to load real quick, Kimberly. Oh, Falcons Diva, thank you, Falcons Diva. Hey, baby. Sorry about your Falcons. Uh, Donna N is a brand new recurring donator. Thank you so much, Donna. Hey, Donna, that sounds like an old woman's name. Donna. Fel- Felicity F is a brand new recurring donator as well. Thank you, Felicity. You be safe out there with Oliver. Mm-hmm. Out there saving Team Arrow from himself. Come on. And taking over black women's weddings. Come on. Derek W. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. Harold W. No relation. Mm-hmm. B. Coleman. Thank you, B. Coleman. Noel W. Thank you, Noel um linwood c old and black michael yes. d hit us with a one-time donation thank you michael d yes floyd m thank you floyd yes sir keep r thank you keep i like that name preston f appreciate you mm-hmm. and i think that's it let me make sure yep that's it guys thank you so much everybody takes time out to donate scissor play me out if you do i won't move i ain't almost there y'all we are almost there i'm officially getting hype i know right me too and yeah uh yeah i'm old and black i put i put the album on i went panty to the tracks and then i just press play that's all good it's a sec if you hadn't seen the single or the, the video mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to, uh you know it's kind of because it all just kind of flows together like it flows really smoothly so mm-hmm. i have just been uh enjoying myself and i will say that marvel set the standards really high because what other marvel movie came out with an official soundtrack uh or am i going crazy not that i remember what's funny is i made a joke that kendrick would do the soundtrack and guess who fucking put the soundtrack together kendrick are they spying on you i'm starting to feel away i'm trying to what three or four years ago before they even announced it you said that he should play the part of black panther i said that uh chadwick boseman not not kendrick but yeah yeah, chadwick boseman yes yeah now look at us like i don't care if they follow me and taking these ideas to make good on promises to black people then marvel continue please you can come on keep your secret private account maybe ryan coogler out there listening one day maybe maybe uh michael b jordan or kendrick gonna dap us up and i'll be completely fine with that um all right man uh so let's start with the five star reviews we got two of them on itunes none of them on stitcher kenny jack says desk jockey listener i'm listening to 610 uh episode 1610 i'm sorry and i'm that person i sit at my desk and listen to the podcast sometimes i laugh too loud sometimes my co-worker takes up a chair and listens with me you guys are a great listen thanks kenny jacks from nakatush thank you man thank you i don't know what that is but be safe out there nakatush uh glorious puns by melisandi 91 who says i had i have to admit i love the punapalooza of on the story about the guy getting shredded at the tire company yeah a lot of you guys found out that y'all ain't shit that at that moment see 
and you find out that we ain't shit i would hope you already knew that All right but, <laughs> but now you find out why the model shows nothing's wrong with playing it ain't like that for no reason we told that story to shreds guys i mean we stay woke sometimes but sometimes we take a good nap yeah we took all the tread off of that joint anyway you guys are hilarious even karen was holding her own and in all y'all stories nothing is as priceless as karen's oh i crack up every time she says that keep doing what you are doing y'all's podcast is what i live for thank you thank you yeah we had somebody on twitter that sent us like a little thread that that thanked us for doing the show because they said that uh they had lost their job and they were doing they were doing interviews and trying mm. to like get Baby, a that's job tough. and they're a black person and they was like you know they realized that their attitude was just piss poor during the interviews and stuff which i've been unemployed twice now at this time you know i've under did these interviews and walked in and you almost feel defeated sometimes well you know what's funny is i never get like that but i've also been pretty fortunate like i can talk my way into some you know i i've matter of fact and this isn't a brag but i've never had an interview i didn't get the job ah ever see i have lots yeah i've never had an interview i didn't get the job so um so i it's not it's not that part but i the thing i would say for me is i i don't get nervous i can only control what i can control right and i just want to be on point and represent myself the best way that i can and every time that's how it ends up going like but it's all attitude walking in the door if you beat yourself up before you even walk in the door you're not gonna get it yeah yeah you know and, what and, i mean and, and, that, and that was uh my uh my particular problem and so i understand the people who particularly not to me funny for some people interview after interview after interview after interview after interview no calls no responses you know the way it is now everything is impersonal you know not like not personable so you don't get those interactions you don't get no sorry i don't get you just don't hear anything anymore you know it's just all right and everybody keeps it pushing and it's it can uh affect your self-esteem it you know because everybody at first you rah 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 yeah let's go but after the 50th or the 60th or the 100th uh time you sent your resume out or you i've been on second and sometimes third interviews like that shit can literally affect you tremendously but you have to which is something i had to get a hold with something i better understood too you have to say that those particular jobs weren't for me Mm -hmm. because every job you apply for and even though it sounds good on paper ain't for you Mm -hmm. and so once you understand that every job ain't for you and you have to find a job that fits and i think sometimes people just like because society particularly in america you gotta work you gotta work you gotta work people will accept anything and okay they offer you a job you get it and then you get there and you're fucking miserable you've been better you literally the studies and statistics say you will be better off unemployed than getting a fucking job that you're miserable at you know what's wild is that um you like if you beat yourself before you give yourself to a chance um it's almost like you might as well not even go right because <clears throat> no one wants to hire the person that seems like they're they don't want to be there or that they're nervous or that they're scared um but you know it also it touched me to read that because i was like you know what man we do a lot of silly shit and jokes and it wasn't some right motivational speech we gave or anything Mm-mm. it was just us 
like i think playing some of the temptations hits or something right, like having, that having a ball you know it's just like relax get yourself in a good mood have a good time that's really what it's about because you can't control everything mm-hmm. you know and when you black and you unemployed it's different you know yes, a lot it of is. a lot of people are like <laughs> because we i think we had another listener in true white white woman fashion she wasn't trying to be mean or anything but uh she was she replied like yes as, as a white person i go through this too and uh I, hopes and prayers out to everyone and i said i just replied sigh because i was like no it's different it's completely you, different this baby. person was talking about being black and unemployed and it is a difference in america and it's okay to admit that it doesn't mean that we don't want to make everybody feel good and it happy and go do that thing i hope everybody can listen to the show and feel good but right uh we can't erase the specific experience of black unemployment because you know so much of the stereotypes about black people in america is that we're lazy we're not smart we don't deserve to be there if we get hired it's an affirmative action hire um and we were all given our jobs like charity cases you know uh we're not professional we you know all this stuff um and we deal with that from from birth right so one of the worst nightmares of uh, adulthood for black people is to be unemployed to be in that dreaded number where our unemployment is systemically higher than everyone else's and it takes us longer to get rehired Mm -hmm. and so one of the nightmares is that scenario where i i I don't have a job and now mentally i'm attacking myself because i don't want to be that stereotype it's not fair to me to think that way but i can't help it i i want to be gainfully employed i want to produce something i want a check attached to my name like i want people to know that i'm not the 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 unrealistic fear that i have of being a non-productive member of society it's not fair i'm not saying it's even rational to a certain extent it's not but but it's in us right so when that person talked about being black and unemployed and going to that job interview i was like yeah i've been exactly there where i'm like you know i want to get this job i've taken a job before when i knew i was overqualified because i was like at least i'm working right because i don't want to be a black person without a job you know um so i i think it is different and it was no offense to her but you know it's like nah let's let's let that sit that's his that's his or hers personal experience as a black person in america and i hope that they do get that job you know mm-hmm. and i hope that and i know that pressure i just want them to not feel alone right all right we had comments on the website theblackoutips.com you can go to any episode click on it leave a comment it's that simple we had episode uh 1610 black twitter cia uh we had talked about black twitter csi and people had so many jokes and i was like and somebody was like who's black twitter cia and it was like "Mm, maybe lipstick alley you know they do that someone said bossa but i'm pretty sure it's lipstick alley Mm-mm. they have the dirt all of it and i'm scared you know because I mean? that means your friends talking about you they don't mean they say they... just anybody this, this this is somebody that got an intimate relationship with you a lot of times on some form of fashion and you don't know who they are and they got some alias name and you're like well god damn how did you know right they be having stuff that you can only know if you like know that person come on like Girl, you, you know really one of, know you know one of the toilets in her house don't work how the hell did you, you know that possibly mm-hmm. uh <laughs> you know she only come up every here once a week how did you know that? all right mm-hmm. her car door is scratched and she can't afford to fix it 
um ah! mom uh gatsu 25 says you guys are so right asking for my raise last year was one of the most stressful moments at the job especially with how my manager reacted seemed angry as hell left me nervous for months oh it all worked out though i didn't get the raise but i got a promotion that included one yeah yeah man. they get offended but to, and, and particularly when it comes to women like it is sad but women and men have to present in certain manners and even order to be respected you know women got to basically show their worth show their work you know like look i've done this 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 like you got to fucking have a goddamn laundry list of shit men don't have to do that they can come in like i'm on the raise all right bob jim or whatever and you're like well fuck why do i have to pull out all the stops don't y'all see what i'm doing too mm-hmm. um so uh but yeah also just uh i don't know how many people even do it most people don't like walk in the office and ask for a raise and uh once you break it down upon uh gender and race and shit i bet it's even less you know um what should be considered black twitter cia bossip or lipstick alley i was shocked at the results of this trial at this poll 76 percent of y'all said bossip is black twitter cia you want me to tell you why 25 percent said lipstick alley i tell you why because a lot of people really don't because lipstick alley lipstick alley is very different you know a lot of people know who bossip is it's almost like who you know most average mm-hmm. person you go bossip bossip headlines like everybody joke but a lot of people not trying to fun they really don't know how lipstick alley functions probably never been on lipstick alley they mm-hmm. hear people talk about it and it's almost like bossip has has almost got to the point where it's a tmz if that makes sense but everybody know it mm-hmm. even though lipstick alley really is the people that have the dirt most of the average person don't know who they are mm-hmm yeah i say bossip is more cruel with it like yes. with the with the with the headlines and stuff that they have and stuff but lipstick got the real and sometimes depending on what it is like somebody in the uh chat room joke they be knowing shit like years before it cracked mm-hmm. like if you go back you be like well goddamn they was talking about this three years ago what the fuck i'm saying uh the app we had episode 1611 which was ballots and bullets um we had a long conversation about political like like black politics and activism all kinds of stuff i know your mama even texts about that yeah my mom says she enjoyed it a lot um lamar writes in uh rose mcgowan's book reading event was so painful to listen to the way she snapped made her seem like an insolent child it, re- it reminded me of the numerous times i've had i've have seen a kid throwing a tantrum in the store right usually i feel bad for the child because they cannot find the words to express all the emotions they're feeling and that is overwhelming at the same time throwing a tantrum is generally uh it generally doesn't get the kid what they want mcgowan's verbal outburst was her tantrum which showed me how mentally and emotionally volatile she is but when my empathy runs out like girl what are you doing she said she was owed an apology she is a transphobe racist and she blames everyone for her behavior like come on b i'm not sure if this post made sense anyway love you both it It made sense um and yeah i it's that's the thing about the whole empathy thing i'll be feeling bad for people like that but i also understand effectively she's just eroding goodwill as every word comes out of her mouth come on i don't know if she even cares about that but Mm-mm. it just was so secondhand awkward just to listen right. to and i just like on that crowd actually a turn it on everybody when people go oh no 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 i can't support shit you do because mm-hmm. she's to the point now where people are attached to her which means she fucking up they're losing money mm-hmm. 
so they're like hey hey, hey you you fucking up my like now if you want to go ahead and cut a food by yourself fine but you you we all ain't going down with the ship yeah yeah i'm going back one for, to one more thing lipstick alley is definitely black twitter cia because you know how we don't even know what the cia does Mm-mm. and then 20 years later it'd be like you know the cia put crack in the hood that's how that's why people say it bossip you're right they was just a popularity contest right a lot of, like i said the average person has never heard of them Mm-hmm. you know like cia yeah. got all these divisions you know the black site black op you be like who the fuck are these people don't nobody know but they just show up and snipe everybody mm-hmm. Forrest says listening to rose mcgowan made me miss the way someone like obama would engage with protesters i remember the way he would stop and listen to people and acknowledge them i just think about how different and affirming it would have been if she had just said maybe this is a blind spot for me and tried to do better but she just couldn't do it yeah i remember i praised obama's uh response to uh there was a trans woman mm-hmm. who it was the same day that supreme court basically approved gay marriage marriage equality and he was addressing the room full of people a lot of them lgbtq and they were kind of applauding him for like yeah we, we had this success and this trans woman who was an activist was like yeah but what about the trans women who are uh women of color and they're in these um uh immigration facilities and they're being sexually abused and they're being put into the wrong holding facilities and stuff and obama initially was like no let her speak what was what is it and you know security went of course to escort her out right and the part that bothered me the most because i i feel like when you're an activist or you're doing a protest of a sort like especially that kind you know you're gonna get kicked out that woman knew she was gonna get kicked that out of that rose McGowan point, thing right. like that's the rose McGowan thing that's the whole point but the person on stage can either then turn to make it all about them right they can pick on you or they can you know try to move on because it's not that's not what the event is for but to address that later and I, you know a few days later it was sort of addressed even though i don't think it was ever gonna get the um perfect solution but you know there was like oh there's a new investigation into this thing and just just came out two days later did no mention of the activists no mention of the heckling of obama no, no mentioning of any of that shit it was just mm-hmm. kind of like so all of a sudden this thing's being looked into that wasn't being looked into at first and i was like that's the mature response that's the right response and i know someone got mad because i said uh i think they sort of still has it blocked on twitter they got mad because i was like yeah they that trans activist heckled him and as a former protest and then he um had to move on because that's that event wasn't going to become a well come up on stage and you address the audience and then we'll change everything today no you know like that's 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 never going to be the result of those things no it's not um but it doesn't mean that something won't be done it doesn't mean that that's that is wrong everyone's playing their part right it doesn't mean he's not listening and the right. whole purpose of that was to agitate right and then when you see like a chris christie's response come when on you, see, you know when you see um rose mcgowan's response to me that's the default response of most people right i came to this event to be put on a pedestal and told how great i am and here you are bringing up shit that i can do better fuck you fuck your cause this is you're an enemy of i'm the real victim here get the fuck out and yeah it was i like seeing obama because he was just better at it he was just better at being like no and it and i mean there's a you can go on i think we did this before on the show but 
you can go on youtube and find a montage of him dealing with people like that yes you can and almost every time he's like no no don't kick him out let them say what they have to say what what is the question what is the concern and then he'll try to address the concern with the person there and i'm like that's amazing to have that much patience in in a, in a crowd where you ultimately are powerful and the most shameful thing to me as the woman was escorted out the trans activist the fucking you know cisgendered uh gay people fucking started cla- clapping yes they did over her like get her the fuck out this is our day why are you ruining our mood we it's about marriage equality bye bitch and it was it was like damn that's why the fuck you can't have anything because we give into that with rose mcgowan the same thing happened right and then people go well what the fuck is the allyship it stops with you oh, okay all right fuck y'all then yeah that, like that's the scary thing to me man but I, I understand that that's rare to see somebody do that no nobody else does that you know hillary clinton doesn't do that bernie sanders doesn't do that you know trump doesn't do that he tells people to punch people and shit come on um i can't imagine the hubris it takes to believe you are owed credit for a movement you didn't create and one that only works with a collective of women coming out with their stories because the sad truth is rose story alone doesn't get the ball rolling it has to work in conjunction with other women stepping forward as well because society is not a place where a lone woman is believed so really no one person can take credit for a collective effort especially if they didn't create the platform for progress to occur ultimately it just seems like she's not a person built for this level of scrutiny but her hubris won't let her take a back seat well she did say she wasn't doing no more appearances so maybe that was her humbling quote-unquote her lesson Uh, and i don't know if that was her decision or somebody was like bitch don't you like money calm the fuck down i feel like all of them are her decisions Uh, ah the way she reacted on stage i don't think anyone i don't think she listened to anyone okay okay that makes sense you know she even on twitter later she blamed all her people as if it wasn't on her how she responded come on uh really dark knight says i won't even comment on that mess that is rose mcgowan uh someone told me the d- news that best buy would be no longer selling cds i then asked when was the last time they they bought a cd from best buy silence right R- right and that's why i will say for a lot of these people the outrage is a nostalgia outrage is not really oh i'm mad because i can't go get my cd uh Cass always says when you start an episode with a dramatic rendition of gwendolyn brooks you know the rest is going to be deep and profound great episode y'all you know what's funny i never know what the fuck we're gonna talk about i don't know how we got on that tangent then we was talking about lgbt stuff and we just ended up talking about black people and voting uh eve says rose mcgowan is the epitome of white feminism she basically bald head lena dunham <laughs> damn oh, oh my now, I see, see i wouldn't even go that far Mm-mm. that being said i think she may be mentally ill so i'm not sure if there's any getting through to her those people cheered her on in the audience that was trash though they signed on to her bullshit and that wasn't cool yeah and then she turned on them anyway so right. they, they clapped for that shit and then she turned around and was like y'all the problem right because it's about her nobody else but her the poll was very close holy shit do you think a violent revolution in the u.s is possible 51 percent say yes 49 say no mm-hmm. that's interesting because i I'm, I'm firmly on the no side mm-hmm. but uh i did not realize so many people like, i don't know maybe i'm not paying attention g will says the thing most the thing people have to lose when they have nothing is life and the police media and the government will not only uh, uh, award the 
person that kills you they will also they'll also explain in great detail why you deserve to die armed uprising isn't going to happen even on a small scale we're afraid to have black lives matter bumper stickers because that is almost a suicidal action to put a sticker on your car in the real america we live in black lives matter didn't have a central leader for protection the black panthers malcolm mlk have taught us that they will kill the leader to break apart uprisings yeah it's interesting because one of the responses to like NAACP, Malcolm X, uh, Snake, like all this stuff is let's have leaderless movements, right? That's what a lot of Black Lives Matter chapters are and stuff. And ultimately, I feel like it doesn't end up working because you do need leaders, <clears throat> not just to tell a direction, but the way that people absorb information is to go to somebody and be like, answer this question. And you're not going to be able to say, well, black lives matter is not a leader we have no leaders we have no da 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 okay cool well then we're gonna make up lies about you or we're gonna find one person in the group that'll say something that no one else in the group even agrees with and all of a sudden you have to have people come forward to be like no 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 this person isn't in the group they don't represent us or this chapter might be saying that but we that's not something we necessarily believe in locally you know there was that whole fake chapter of black lives matter that was not really affiliated with them but going by black lives matter that went to the trump rally and they did the video and uh they you know let the trump people get on stage and hug them and shit and you know so it's it's like it got super messy as well because there was no one person to go to to be like no i'm a spokesperson and these people aren't affiliated with us so that's it so anyway my point being um it's interesting that so much of the i never think about how much of the reaction to we need to have how much of the we don't need leaders reaction is actually about the fact that mlk got killed uh mega evers got killed right because of the, malcolm got killed right because in my opinion they've said like this person said they said the presidents they kill leaders so they're like no 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 we can't have leaders because you snipe the leader that's their way of quote-unquote ending it like in their mind they've ended it and a lot of times once you have people that are in quote-unquote leadership positions somebody that can help be held accountable responsible you know how our government is our government if you if you get to a certain uh position in the quote-unquote black lives movement you know uh, black lives matter group they'll start watching you anyway so you ain't got to be a fucking leader if you're just too outspoken or making too much ruckus or anything they're gonna start watching you anyway so in my mind i understand the leaderless thing you know because it makes sense because it's one of the things where we have to keep moving just because you killed somebody it don't mean it stopped and even with martin luther king and all the people that died it don't mean the movement stopped the movement kept going even though these people died and guess what they were quote-unquote leaderless you might have had people that rise to the occasion and took leader ship positions but there it there's never been another martin luther king there's never been people like to that status you might have people that we recognize we recognize the jesse jackson we recognize an al shopton we know who they are and not to say that they're not leaders but there isn't this one person that collectively everybody just went to but to me the thing is that that was never really the reality in the first place people choose that you see what i'm saying so like those people were always there supporting martin luther king those people also went out and did speeches in their own right correct they were trained up to be replaced to like we train our replacements we you know there's you know we have successors jesse jackson is right there in the picture when mlk is killed like it was never one guy but society sort of absorbs information that way and picks one guy like whether you want to or not they gonna pick the one guy also some of these niggas are 
some people are just more talented and captivating than other people agreed so also like part of it is if you are a great orator people are going to flock to you and i don't think you should have to tamp it down because you know of who you are but there's people that you know don't want to hear say uh they don't want to hear the same shit from somebody else and and that's fucked up but that's how humans are because you can say the exact same thing but it's like i don't like the way you say it i don't think you say it as good as this person you know your economy of words your your voice your speech patterns your presence your the way you look you know it could be your gender yeah your gender a lot of stuff that gets in the way of the message but anyway um all that to say like I, i i think part of the thing of not having leadership i always thought of it like well some of it is a direct reaction to like the NAACP and people be like ah, I hate the NAACP they trash and they look at it as a structure like and, and part of the reason they trash because they have a leader and that person will cannot always be held accountable or they uh can speak and represent certain shit but da 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 NAACP is one of the most revolutionary ideas in the history of activism and the world right right the idea of conceiving that a hundred years ago is amazing amazing and nobody doing anything right now is even fucking with that idea because that Mm -hmm. idea the idea is revolutionary it's before the internet it's before fucking like it's it's just it's just it's just i don't think we can even think of it i can't think a hundred years ago to fresh out of fucking like slavery dealing with the jim crow era and shit of you know and then being like oh yeah um we should have different chapters in every city at, that make sure we investigate and get justice for black people and advocate for them like what <laughs> you know what i mean like anyway so uh, my point being like uh some of this reaction is to us being like fuck the old guard we need to have no leaders we need to do this we need to do that everyone's the same but i think we've seen over the last few years how that can kind of erode too like right people gonna always people whether you have one person at the top or none because everybody keeps in a weird way it's respectability because everybody keeps going well if you discredit this one person that we put all this into then it's like it discredits the whole movement and i think for my mentality it's like actually um they never gonna believe in your movement right and it wouldn't matter if it was mlk it wouldn't matter if it's coretta scott king it wouldn't matter if it was malcolm x it wouldn't matter if it's jesse jackson it wouldn't matter if it was rosa parks they will never see that you are human so the idea of having a perfect jesus-like leader it's not it's not really worth evaluating in, in anyway you know um so but anyway it's just interesting thing this person said brooklyn shubay says i don't i don't think there will be a violent uprising all of the oppressed can't even agree on the same issues plus the man has made it harder for the oppressed to even buy weapons for an uprising that there's a far far off chance that there will be some kind of violent uprising in 50 or so years if we become some kind of dictatorship drones tanks helicopters fighter jets bomber jets submarines aircraft carriers heavy artillery that's what charles said that's just all he said (laughs) yeah that's like i don't know that's the only thing for me is like they they got the guns you know that i don't know i mean keep your i mean i'm not saying you shouldn't have guns but they they got bigger ones it's it's gonna i don't know that you will win that way but you know good luck you can make enough of a um stink maybe they have to do something but i mean like the fucking i just watched detroit last year um 
that's another thing like we have to read and study and absorb our history because some of this shit is us there being theoretical about stuff that's already happened and we actually do know how it went before like detroit had all them fucking uprising they brought in the fucking military it's like shut that shit down and they had obviously rampant racist police they had unemployment that was ridiculous redlining and segregation and all just all this shit they had to deal with and niggas got violent like they fucked that city up for days and and they just were like okay bring in the fucking military on our own citizens on our own soil you know that's what ferguson was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like they and ferguson wasn't even as fucked up as detroit as far as like what people were doing like destroying a whole lot of property like you know baltimore everybody in the fucking military because a fucking cvs was destroyed like i don't know man I, but but i guess at that same time i mean those are people in those streets that are willing to 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 sacrifice or risk their lives to make a point so right and i I mean it sees kind of to to both you know both points right and you know even though the average person will not be willing to do that there are a lot of people that will and there are a lot of people that if they get to the point where they feel like they have nothing else to lose mm-hmm. you will get people to do this because i understand what the bullets are, okay that's nice but when you ain't got no job yo you know nothing's functioning the government is kind of just shut down all around you you know hungry starving and all these other things it becomes a problem and and like i said you can only keep people balled up and oppressed but for so long not to say that you're gonna overturn the government or anything i'm not saying that but i can see acts of violence breaking out with motherfuckers getting fucking fed up yeah we agree there i do think that can happen i mean i guess that was kind of interesting because i think in our conversation i went back and, and was thinking like i think where we diverge is i was talking about the effectiveness of such things but you were just saying that it could and will happen and you're absolutely right it absolutely can and will happen that people may do something violent i mean we've already kind of seen people do you know like the dude in dallas that shot the police and stuff um you know and people were trying to attach him to black lives matter and all this shit you remember that dude Mm -hmm. um and they killed him with that robot bomb Yeah, because but um it just you know i I do think there will be people that get sparked like that i just don't think it'll i just don't think it'll be organized and i don't think it'll be effective enough to be to change what people think they want to see changed and i feel like if people were truly about change one of the places that we can actually we've seen historically change happen is voting and in the political system and that doesn't mean you don't work without outside of it doesn't mean you can't have forces that do both but it's kind of weird to have people that will be like rah 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 we gonna get guns and take over city hall but i also won't vote you know it's all it's just kind of like well why not both then correct um let's see not the feds honest says there have been attempts in the distant past they just didn't work because beating a well-armed military is almost impossible hell america almost lost its revolution against the british we just lasted long enough to get help but more importantly a successful violent revolution can make things worse afghanistan went to hell after they overthrew their government decades ago they became engulfed in a civil war that created the taliban and al-qaeda i think we should look at other options first 
Kiara KCT says our generation is less tolerance of racism prejudice and nonsense the reason why social media is more prevalent is because of the intolerance for bullshit if nonviolent means fail to work then I believe violent measures can and will be used they are proven to foster desired results I, I, I guess man I feel like a lot of that social media shit though is not really real like we take our anger out on social media but then there's not a lot behind it after that i agree and there's a lot of what i would call confederate statuism um approach to a lot of the 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 big racism misogyny stuff like that is a lot of if we take down this celebrity or we get rid of this person's twitter account or we get them to do this but it's like that didn't change shit because the structure that keeps these people in place is still there Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that people aren't aren't gonna try to do that but i think some of the solutions that try that people basically shit on those you know like time's up is a huge fucking step in the right direction towards uh fighting misogyny and abuse in uh hollywood and i still see people kind of roll their eyes in that shit or that ain't enough or that's all y'all doing wearing black and shit and i'm like they're actually doing more than that and you know that but you get more retweets to say that they ain't doing shit you know right it makes you feel more powerful and more better so i don't know that that that's more real and then also are the intolerant i don't take racism prejudice nonsense niggas the ones with the guns or nah because i feel like a lot of make america great again hat motherfuckers is the ones with the guns oh yeah oh yeah they got the guns and i also feel like 50 million people voted for the most racist bigoted unqualified president in united states history i don't think i can with any good conscience feel that you know we're less tolerant than we used to be i don't feel that way oh no 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 i i i i feel like uh the way people have felt they have always felt just like uh white people are hearing uh niggas say and lgbtq and you know non-binary and all these people say we tired of y'all black people even though black people already knew that white people were racist you're hearing it and you're actually seeing it more now than ever before like both sides are actually hearing and seeing each other mm-hmm. and so a lot of these people that had this false illusion that were black and white and all these other groups thought it was a big old kumbaya just because you could walk around and a white person smiled in your face and didn't call you nigger and you know you thought that you were their friend and all this shit it don't mean those feelings weren't there yeah um all right um evie says i think a violent revolt is possible but not from the side that people think that's what i think i think the fire has been stoked so far higher on the far right it wouldn't take much for those lunatics to start going on a shooting rampage they do have the guns maybe that's just the pessimist in me talking but the left is always talking about trying to find a middle ground and trying to reason with these people there's no reasoning with those nuts yeah i'm way more worried that fucking make america great motherfuckers gonna do some like i don't like i think the government's overstepping its bounds type shit than than the people that i know people i know talk that shit and don't even have a fucking gun you know what i mean mm-hmm. or they talk that shit they got one gun congratulations motherfucker these niggas got militias and like ranches full of fucking just armed to the tooth ass shit and don't even be on like a federal watch list because they white like the game just so rigged and it's not our fault but it's just fucking rigged uh episode 1612 miss bishop 
brooklyn shoebag says i'm a lifelong new yorker public school student my daughters attend public schools i'm not surprised by the results of the cleanliness of the cafeterias one schools are crowded they serve lunch and breakfast to so many kids over so many periods there really isn't time to clean properly there are sometimes three to four schools in one building property sharing communal spaces oh mm-hmm number two schools are given some discretionary budgets principals might have to choose between new books or more janitors the poorer the neighborhood the less money a school gets three and fuck the governor he is in charter schools pockets the state has been withholding money from public schools in new york city he is not a republican four gentrification is a problem there isn't enough equal distribution of wealth amani replied and said yeah i gotta agree with brooklyn shoe babe i wouldn't expect anything less from the school system and i bet i could tell you exactly which schools they're finding these violations in city schools are among the most segregated in the nation with about 70 percent of black and latino schools and uh, uh kids i'm sorry black and latino kids in almost entirely non-white schools and with the property taxes still determining a large share of school budgets wealthier white areas like long island and westchester can spend as much as seventy thousand per student while student schools in the bronx are lucky to get fifteen thousand, most of which comes from state and federal aid Ooh, that's a big difference that's what i was thinking um that's what i was thinking the whole time i was like i wonder which schools you know uh the other thing i'll bring up here that's the north that's new york city come Little on like relegating all the black kids to one school and not funding them a lot you know like this shit ain't just down here man right but when people talk about racism and race you know racist and racism everybody act like that's a motherfucker no that's a fucking american thing yeah that charter school shit ain't nothing but a code for racism right it like didn't, liberal people use that shit but it's like they need to um, fucking get rid of it yeah like don't fall for that shit liberal people liberal white people love talking about charter schools or, or moderate white people and libertarians oh charter schools that's the right what that is code for is we will spend our money on our kids we just don't we just want to make sure none of the shit goes to y'all black kids come on if you who gets into charter schools because the schools the charter schools one of the things that that's different is about them they have a different teacher to student ratio yes it's smaller so because kids are getting educated well that also means less kids are getting educated what happens to the kids they don't get into charter school what qualifies someone to get into charter school yeah some voucher programs lotteries right voucher programs lotteries you talking about a discount well still that a discount is still something where i afford and spend money to get the rest of the money right like hey well who gets to determine that but mill 73 says every now and again you guys get a comment saying i don't always agree with you this is one of those times not because they lost i think it's safe to come out of the closet now because they lost i think it's safe to come out the closet as a patriots fan yes that's right i love the patriots and despite what donald prime's nephew rodimus believes i'm not a bad person yes you are i mean it's no it's really not two ways about this um just let us know what what uh amorosa and um and uh big carson say at the coon out about this everybody's got to have at least one extremely problematic fave not really you don't have to you don't have to also considering the fact that i'm also a fan of the new york knickerbockers i should be allowed some leeway uh these sounds like please to me some of us pats fans are not bad people oh okay there's good people on both sides of this now it's usually why i go steal some candy from a baby while i twirl my curled up mustache and laugh maniacally <laughs> exactly you know you evil 
miss 1ko says the temptations glad my mother didn't play anything like while we clean we um <laughs> we could play what we wanted as she didn't like my loud music i discovered them while watching movies and i was like what is that if i'm having a bad day i can get next to you i can't get can't next to, can't get next to you uh brighten my brightens my day and papa was a rolling stone has one of the coldest intros of all time don't look any further rest in peace dennis thank you mm-hmm. prof Corey says i've been listening for over a year i've heard a lot of puns but this session was epic the poor man that died in a tire shredder but those jokes were on point yeah i'm sorry we had to do that to you guys uh i didn't want to laugh but there was no stopping it nothing's wrong with it's funny damn y'all proved that <laughs> yeah you thought you was a good person because you listened to us huh right oh they such good people Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. we broke the fourth white walls on that one <laughs> i know right uh falcons diva says thank you for walk that walk down temptations at earth wind and fire memory lane i must admit i'm not a big temptations fan but the elements i love earth wind and fire i have i had not listened to any of my earth wind and fire playlists in a few months and thanks to you i discovered that i wasn't it wasn't on my current phone mm. my playlist was a cd download to itunes then to my iphone oh that's old school mm-hmm i got a new phone in september they didn't transfer over so i was able to create a new playlist on title for my hour commute home so i thank you for that in other news boo to you for mentioning my falcon super bowl loss last year thankfully my my earth wind and fire playlist got me through that mention on my drive home (laughs) hey you can't be mad about that forever you know y'all knew y'all was gonna lose for that game started oh y'all are the falcons uh b touch says hi ron and karen i wanted so badly to join in the comment while y'all were live recording the dennis edwards section of the show but i was on 285 in atlanta with an 18 wheeler behind me driving way too close and i didn't want to die that way <laughs> right that would have been ironic i was able to hear the show though and let me tell you i wanted to pull over when y'all played and sang with uh sang along with i can't get next to you dennis edwards was my favorite temptation and the songs he sang on like i can't get next to you cloud nine psychedelic psychedelic shack on cloud nine yes and and papa was a rolling stone are my favorites i actually prefer dennis as the lead to david ruffin though understandably those are fighting words on the internet yeah don't tell nobody Mm -mm. may he rest in peace between us right may he rest in peace and it sounds like his wife need to go to jail don't it though dog it was absolutely harrowing to to hear how she was allegedly abusing him what could possess her to treat him that way hopefully dennis will find some sort of peace some way now rest in peace to one of the greatest yeah anonymous says everything y'all said about women uber drivers was right i was an uber driver for a year and a half every time i went out i was terrified luckily i never had a crazy ride or a bad experience i did pick and choose who i wanted to pick up for my safety if anybody looked remotely shady or i thought the area wasn't safe i canceled the ride i ended up quitting because it became too stressful having to always worry about whether or not i was going to be safe every drive it wasn't worth it in the end also shaking my head at these puns for the first guest to race story insert laughing emoji hey that's what i figured was happening with that uber shit and yeah they could just switch up the pay thing i mean that seemed like it would be the easiest solution but right. they probably don't want to employ more women um in that situation because they if they if they were paying women more and then more women would decide well now i want to be an uber driver i still get to be very selective and be safe about who i put in my car mm-hmm. and i get paid the same as a man that shit will cause an explosion in women drivers and they probably don't want to pay that extra money 
they rather have women scared and being less efficient but able to say hey it's the algorithm it's not us then uh doing that. the right thing yeah then they encourage women to have to have that balanced workforce they they'd rather not do that i'm sure of it uh because i'm sure they lose money to a certain extent it's not fair but i don't know i don't know what their profits look like but yeah they would probably lose some money on women drivers or or make less money not lose money but they make less money i guess off of women drivers yeah, they went quote unquote lose money right right now. at that point uh they have a little less of a profit right Cass always says miss bishop is awesome i've had conversations with other black people miss bishop was the woman who did her hair like the little black girl mm-hmm. in her class i've had other com- i had conversations with other black people and it's sad how many never had a black teacher i had at least seven before college and about half were outside of pe and arts i took it for granted uh but stories like this shine importance on black teachers also that temptations and earth wind and fire uh the element shout out to falcons diva jam session was everything i had to change my whole daily playlist after that episode my favorite earth wind and fire uh song is be ever wonderful the horns with the run at the beginning love it oh yeah mm uh brooklyn shube says when you started talking about the temps favorite group of my uncle i had to stop the podcast just groove on them for 30 minutes because it was music that was passed down like a family heirloom my daughters know and appreciate the temps earth winning five stevie wonder marvin gay prince mj yeah the greats the legends eve says your segment on the temptations brought back so many memories i wonder why we got so many comments i guess this is what it was y'all love that music right <laughs> i'm sitting here like what did we talk about that was so oh okay uh i remember growing up i used to think my parents music was so whack i hate it when they play earth wind and fire and parliament funkadelics and motown but now i can't get enough of it i love some p-funk love earth wind and fire and the temptations by the way if you guys um haven't yet check out this week's drunk history is about black history yes almost everything they had a great one on motown man with barry gordy Mm -hmm. and it was uh paperboy was uh yes paperboy was playing uh barry gordy y'all would love it um my favorite temptation songs are i wish it would rain oh that's a good one too just my imagination of course and get ready yep uh the era of the temptations was when people sang like grown-ass men and women i know i sound old as hell for saying this but these kids today don't don't know nothing about good music like this <laughs> you do sound old as hell ev uh the poll was do you remember your black teachers finally yes and i'm black yes but i'm not black and no 13 percent said no that's sad y'all yeah. had some, y'all had some bad black teachers yeah, I think <laughs> I think in my lifetime I I don't think I had if I had five maybe six that was like I actually you know, we did more than that in the school, but like that I actually taught me. Most of my teachers were white. Mm-hmm. White females. A handful mm-hmm. of white men. And the black teachers I did have were black uh females. I had one black male teacher yeah i think i had mostly black uh, i mean mostly white people as my teachers as well um but uh i do remember the black teachers i had finally um all right so yes but i'm not black three percent 83 percent said yes and i'm black and i think that point is black teachers teaching black kids tend to be um just more in tune and mm-hmm. treat us more like humans right and they look out for you and 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 they're more apt to be like hey i see you over there fucking up Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's get to the comments. 
brooklyn shoe bay says most of y'all my teachers were jewish italian or irish i was in nyc it was a nyc school thing definitely in the 70s 80s and 90s yeah well you know anything white women being in school system in the south is just historically a thing because what happened was white women uh white families lost income after uh slavery was abolished mm-hmm. so you had all these white women who had never held jobs and mm-hmm. never even worked really in their own homes right. to a certain extent or they had been afforded you know this idea of i'm a stay-at-home mom and that's my job and my husband is the earner because women aren't really allowed to work very much they don't if they do work they don't earn much money and you may work as a single woman but once you get a husband he's supposed to provide for you and you're supposed to pop out babies you don't have rights when it comes to divorce you don't have right. rights when, like uh, you don't have really have a lot of legal rights in court and mm-hmm. stuff like that all the rights attached to white womanhood in court was mostly chivalrous shit like right well you can't leave a woman like that but it's like it wasn't but it wasn't like this, she has as much right as you to this such and such it was very much like well a mother should be with her child type shit right mm-hmm. anyway uh what happened was slavery is abolished a lot of black women stopped working in white women's homes right um they either demand pay for the work that they do in these homes or they go out like most black women you work in someone's home and you work in your own home and you work in the field like i said patriarchy ain't never been a black thing nope so don't listen to these hotel niggas um so you do all that shit um as a black woman you expect compensation uh especially from you know working the fields unless you're working on your own farm you don't get compensated for that uh that actually kind of gets attributed to your man um come on he gets the credit for that shit right but what happens is one of the industries they start pushing white women in so that they can make money was school system mm-hmm. you can go be a school teacher as a way for a lot of these women that weren't earning money and weren't working in the first place or weren't they were mostly you know supervising slaves or working in their own houses or working in someone else's house or something like well now you can go be a school marm as they used to call them um and that was a place where almost exclusively white women got those jobs so these are the same white women that used to own these children right in many cases so black kids are having schools but they're being taught by white women you know white women also had this education sometimes that was more than slaves on the average you know like just reading writing arithmetic type shit um but they're also passing down that same racial shit they're still looking at these kids as lazy and bad and mm-hmm. nappy-headed and this that, and the other Come and if on. you look at their journals and their writings about blackness at that time you'll see there's no way a person like this should be allowed to educate a teacher you think that they uh, educate a student a black student if you think the things that people get upset about when we do fucking with black people every week and there's this teacher said turn that nigger music off that's a drop in the bucket to mm-hmm. compare it to like the late 1800s and shit so anyway point being um white women educating children of color is a historic thing that goes way back and that's why we still have so much of that in our society where we'll find out like this racist white woman thinks it's okay to be racist and still teach these kids you know how many stories we have this exercise for these children was to be taught about slavery so she said all the black kids lay on the ground i'm gonna walk on your backs white kids i want you to laugh at them and and like why why did you think that was acceptable because that was acceptable it's 2018 we're still dealing with this 
anyway uh judy says judy king says i'm black and grace k through 12 i never had any black teachers actually the only black teacher i remember was a nursing school instructor in college i'm happy to say that at least half of my children's teachers are black i find them to be tough and encouraging shout out to my son's history teacher and her black lives matter poster mm, dope oh I, and yeah i forgot all about college all my teachers in college pretty much is black Mm-hmm. so i went to hbcu I, though know, i had mm, some asians and not a, a one or two indian right. teachers but there was more in like certain fields yeah most of my teachers was black and, and hbc what are things i'll talk about hbcu there's one of the benefits of going there isn't the fact of necessarily getting a quote-unquote better education as far as like you still learning the same shit that you would learn in another college but getting a professor that sees you as a human being smaller class sizes too by the way but seeing getting a professor sees you as a human being seeing professors you know how many of these black academics started because they seen somebody that like that's a path you don't always know you're gonna have until you get to school and see somebody like well what do you how do you have what how many phd you do what now right and you wrote a book oh maybe i should do this i can do that right and i think for me personally uh it also made me uh, view blackness differently. You know, go, oh, okay, y'all in leadership positions. You know, you're out, y'all out here doing great things in the world. And it kind of opened up your eyes. And for me personally, like never before. Um, and lastly, Really Dark Knight says, I only voted no because I'm, as an Army brat, I didn't have any black teachers till I went to college. Mm. Um, all right let's go to the last episode 1613 rumble in the park we talked about that sword fight they had at the end it was just super weird um we got six comments a lot of comments this week it's kk yo says um i hate the way that crunchless chips are being marketed but they could be useful imagine if they targeted the marketing at people who use mics often like podcasters let's players anyone who chats on the internet yeah twitch and stuff as a way to snack without crunching on the mic i just don't know why the commercial wouldn't just be bringing some chips into the movies or some shit i don't know there's a tons of way to promote this that i think that would be great like all of the possible ways they could sell this product and they decide to go with lady chips i know well that's the thing you eat them with your vagina guys apparently you do katrina pavella says y'all took me all the way out with the sharks versus jets bit at the end i did not care if i was walking down the street cackling that's what we want really dark night says hey y'all i fly for a major airline and emotional support animal stuff really has gotten out of control just a few months ago some dude got on a plane with a full adult german shepherd and a husky oh no wait you can bring two at a time Mm-mm. that's a lot two come on man one was pushing it but two kind of amtrak ass shit is that uh even though he was in first class those big ass dogs didn't leave enough room for the one passenger sitting next to him and two years ago he had someone had a goose on board he shed all over that plane oh right at least he had he diarrhea uh uh took that airplane out of service while they cleaned it up how pissed was everyone else on that plane bruh how pissed were the people that are supposed to use that plane next your flight delayed why goose shit as far as the lady chest my daughter brought up the subject and i let her know that if i ever catch her mom crunching chest then i'm walking through when i walk through the door we are getting a divorce right then i don't play that shit you better act like ladies ladies right <laughs> what is, who are these men that are like ah! 
<laughs> I tell you what, man. I thought it, the date was going good. Then I heard her crunch on the chip, and I was out. Nah, fuck that. You're not gonna disrespect me to my face, crunching chips in my. Who you think I am? Who the hell do you think you are? A chip cruncher? Mm-mm. I ain't got time for this, bitch. I'm out. A, a goose. Brooklyn Shoe Babe responded. Brooklyn Shoe Babe says, "Hey, uh, Rod and Karen, you slay me with your improvs. Now just imagining Crips and Bloods and West Side Story." during that during this too much you told a story about your dad forcing you and your brother to clean up to wu-tang while he lambasted your like for them okay my brother's like for them i mean i i liked wu-tang but my brother had the, the double cd or tape or whatever yes and uh, extra thick case yeah and uh when he got i forget what he well i forget what caused the trouble but i you can listen to this too much if y'all want to hear the story but at any rate long story short my dad took that fucking tape out and played it in the house and made us clean up and do chores and he played it loud as hell and he mocked the fuck out of it i still can't listen to that song it's woo motherfucker <laughs> woo tame motherfucker yeah daddy had an old man roast yeah oh yeah he just for an hour or so just nah nah play it again that's what y'all want to hear that's what you like and then, oh, again. and then he broke the broke it with a hammer on the back he made my brother break it with a hammer on the back porch. oh shit not the double disc yeah so them shits was expensive they charge you twenty dollars twenty five dollars for them back in the day to that day i still don't think i got um into it as much as other people got into it so um anyway um that reminded me of when my twin brother and i were in college and main sources out my brother brought the cassette single for live at the barbecue where Nas went to hell for snuffing jesus so one sunday my brother had come from the movies or something my grandma started yelling at us listening to such profane music my brother asked why she played the tape in the first place she was cleaning and thought main source was the main ingredient laugh my ass off after that my brother started making her old school mixtapes y'all still don't know how my dad found out we had custom music but like whatever i mean what are we gonna do man you know we kids we, i mean it's not like we was doing the shit in them songs i mean i really just listen to them if they put like this if you listen to the movie to the music it's the least of my problems them problems i want to have yeah my brother was the main one that listened to like the ratchet shit my, my shit was mostly like fucking queen latifah or uh dj jazz jeff and the fresh prince um you know that was another thing my dad played my brother's cypress hill tape oh no i think it was my cypress hill tape that i got from damien but i don't like cypress hill so i was just like i don't i mean i feel like you got to smoke weed to fuck with this and you know i can't smoke weed i got asthma like, it was wasted <laughs> so i can't on me. get into it yeah it was a waste of a, giving me a tape it was a waste so anyway uh lady eve says lady doritos sounds so stupid and sexist i have no problem with crunchless doritos because some people with texture sensitivity or hearing sensitivity may actually prefer these but the marketing is all off i can imagine what they thought the marketing uh what why they thought this of marketing these as lady doritos thought this is a good idea yeah i don't know why i mean there's tons of things you could have did like you said you could have you basically uh had somebody like you say uh, talking like on radio on tv crunching the chips and just keep going you know you could have had you know things where somebody's trying to sneak a snack and just crunch like that it's so much promotion you could do for crunchless chips and they would have sell like gangbusters but when you and these people that are obviously sexist go no 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 only the latest want these cr- want these crunchless chips what about dudes that don't like to hit crunch ah 
I, they must be uh ladies inside according to chip technology i don't know uh the poll was lady friendly chips yay or nay crunch <laughs> nay crunch wins 93 percent eight percent of y'all say yeah y'all do want them lady friendly chips uh rockstar says wait i thought we all came to an agreement that the marketing for lady friendly chips was wrong but the concept was good sorry i fucked up the poll this week y'all <laughs> nah it's, that's fine Brooklyn Shoe Bay says, although it was never actually a thing that was in development, the fact that an executive from Doritos implied that women want to eat quietly and delicately speaks to a bigger problematic picture of societal gender norms. It's the same reason why fat people, fat as opposite of skinny, not an insult, are afraid to eat in public. Somehow, women feel like they're being judged for eating like a man who taught them that their mothers and grandmothers who were taught that no one likes an unladylike woman, fat, loud, masculine, sporty, smart yeah i mean it is deep like that yeah uh like i said depending on the situation most of the time I, I like to eat my hands so a lot of times i eat with my hands particularly like sushi and shit like that i eat with my hands i smack when i'm eating i, I probably do all the shit that people go that ain't lady like you know mm. i belched at a table and it's one of those things i'm like mm, you ain't paying for this meal this is mine in my belly and this is what i feel like doing but i know people get judged for that fuck it judge me we had a couple of uh, voicemails. Let me play those. Oh, there we go. Okay. This person is clearly. Was it in the back pocket? Being taken hostage. I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> Hopefully they're okay now. I hope you're okay, baby. Did, uh, did, did you turn your, find your iPhone app on? I mean, I hope they found you. Hey, Rod and Karen. This is the Cole of Minneapolis. Uh, was just listening to your Super Bowl recap. Um, yeah, Justin lost his mind. He tried to do the hologram and was like looking for tech people here in Minnesota to do it. Uh, Sheila E., Morris Day, and um, Jimmy Jim and Terry Lewis shut that down. Um, but it sounds like he ended up throwing a party at Prince's house and got a liquor license and was just being super disrespectful. Um, anybody that knows, knows Prince was a Jehovah's Witness and didn't drink or didn't want a hologram because he felt it was demonic. Anyway, so he done lost his damn mind. Um, he didn't bring Janet out, and it was so crazy because Janet has a day here. She has a street named after her, uh, a bunch of stuff. So, anyway, y'all be good. Have a good day. Love y'all. Bye. Uh, thanks, B. Cole. Thank you and uh yeah that's that's wild right i mean look i i here's the thing there was a couple things this week that i wasn't as offended as everybody else by so i just didn't even really talk about them but i understood why people were offended the justin timberlake halftime thing i wasn't really offended i just Mm-mm. was like whatever i'm not a huge timberlake yeah, fan I was like, oh he just playing his biggest hits and i was like oh okay that's what it's gonna be and honestly like i still fuck with future sex love sounds that's mm-hmm. a, that's really the only one i fucked with the whole time so right. you know i guess you know i i, I couldn't get some of them songs out my head all week so i was listening to that yesterday i guess you know so it served its purpose but yeah there's some of his songs that regardless of how a lot of people feel about him a lot of people go fuck you but that song was jamming and i you know i can be there i can be like you didn't do janet right fuck you but this this song right here cry me a river is my jam yeah and like i said i don't get as offended as other people about him particularly he's just not my 
whatever like he's just not one of my people that's just like right but i also never really had him on a pedestal or anything i never thought you know i think the idea of the black pass is silly i may i even make a joke out of like oh you can come to the cookout um so i don't think that and then it was the um martin luther king jr dodge was it a dodge some type of fucking truck that offensive yeah a lot of black people was mad as fuck about that shit i understand i just didn't even get mad like i don't know there was just some sometimes you have to save your sanity and i was just like i can't be mad about everything all the time and i didn't make jokes about anything i just literally was like or maybe i did make a joke but i was like it really bothered me to see how many of us felt the need to explain our basic humanity for the rest of the day and the next day right that bothered me not because we did it but because we still feel that need in 2018 when we know for a fact these motherfuckers ain't listening and don't care so it's like why why do i need to explain to you the very obvious fucked upness of using mlk to sell a car you know and 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 then going further into you know they couldn't even they wouldn't even sell the rights to his speeches to ava duvernay to do her movie selma like you know it's just shit like like i like i said i get it and this are these are the kind of things sometimes i just take a break and be like let me step away let me not get into this we didn't even cover it on the show honestly uh because it was just kind of like this should be this is racism 101 it's not even fucking complex you know at this point it's just a willful ignorance of everything he stood for and people conveniently leave out what they don't like or what doesn't jive with their shit and it's a state they i mean a lot of people's dream is to leave your state leave your your people your family behind uh with a legacy that they can be comfortable and live off of for the rest of their life i don't know if that's what he viewed or what i don't know you know but maybe that maybe he's up in heaven smiling like hey get that fucking dodge truck money and i saw people talking bad about his family and the people that own own the rights to it and all this and i was it just all felt super unhealthy because mm-hmm. I, I i don't really want to judge those black people Mm-mm. for getting the money just because that happened to be your grandfather doesn't mean that you should you don't still make decisions that you feel like would best put your family in a position to uh prosper like right and everybody looks at that different i was like oh that's offensive and not trying funny that was completely it for me i don't i'm yeah. not you know i was like oh that's fucked up and move on yeah and and like they don't all agree so then you Mm-mm. have their family thing getting taken out in the light right um you know people just speculate no it's because of this it's because of that these people are in charge it's because of that like i don't know it just felt like i was watching the super bowl and i came to watch the super bowl that's why i came i came to watch tied ads and fucking oh tied one tied one those guys ads was hilarious i wanted to watch Tyrion do a verse uh buster rhymes yes morgan freeman do a verse of missy yeah and so i i completely understand but those two particular things in the Super Bowl, I just was like, I'm not going to talk about Mm-mm. this shit. Because you can spend all day being mad at Justin Timberlake, but he yeah. ain't. It, he just, it, people have been mad at him for over a decade. It's not, it's nothing's happening with that. He's just going to 
continue to be his white self and super bowl selfie why why everybody's pissed and uh you know the mlk family gonna continue to do what they do you know to get the you know to get the most money or whatever you know i think i think someone said they didn't even get a speech just to like the national museum like the naamc um they didn't even give it to that like i like you know it's just it ain't my business i put it that way it ain't my business uh i'm sad it made people feel so sad and i'm right and more importantly i'm just i looked at the amount of energy that we and this is not blaming people i want this is not me saying like and y'all shouldn't have did this i need this to be clear because i don't believe in like that level of black unity where it's like and we all should have collectively said no i don't believe in that that's bullshit that's inhumane and it's not allowing black people to be human but what i will say is i felt saddened that we still have a need to express the most basic of our humanity and we and we can't help it like the next day people had to be like mlk would not have liked this ad in the same super bowl in the same speech he said and i'm like it was apparent like anyone who knows about mlk immediately went this is what what why would you do that anyone but at the same time his family getting money get money i guess like what am i gonna say you know anyway um but uh and also i I love black people but not enough to pretend that future sex love sounds wasn't bopping that shit was bopping come on like niggas be trying to do revisionist history Mm -mm. i can can, yeah i can love that song and be like uh yeah you moonwalked away from janet jackson too and still Mm -hmm. be mad every time that shit's brought up yeah i could be mad at that and still be like i'm bringing sexy back hey come on i know we mad and everything but sometimes even i have to step i can back. do both yeah sometimes i have to step back i'll be like y'all get y'all jokes off but i'm not gonna pretend that that motherfucking um shake it off wasn't wasn't jamming y'all y'all took it too far uh jay fool writes in what up karen and rod i was doing some reflection on my pre- various social media feeds and i realized that y'all niggas have me room for people like they're my family and i've never even met them in real life it started with y'all and i noticed it spread to many different people and i've that i've been introduced to through tbgwt and when they grow when they glow up it makes me feel so giddy yeah shout out to our girl mm-hmm. ray sonny out in california writing for the good place i know right you know um shout out we also got people that's writing for b that bt rundown show mm-hmm. uh man we got a lot of people it's a lot of talent that walks through virtually through these doors mm-hmm. and some people we need to get back because they came on the show and and it's a running joke for that black guy who tips a blow up and they off writing for shows and doing big things right uh so just wanted to drop a, a line and say thanks for all that you do and please don't stop putting on for our people and good people j full yeah man we got a couple people coming this week um i think we got steph from mocha minutes podcast coming monday Yay. and we have woke with kids tomorrow morning at 10 a.m Ooh, that's gonna be fun they'll be on the show so those are some new podcasts that y'all haven't heard mm-hmm. on our show before yeah introducing so. y'all to some new folks we're gonna try to try to keep that up mike says uh cheddar man i don't know if y'all already covered this because i'm about 10 days behind on episodes i currently listen to the sandwich reviews but the big news in england this week has been cheddar man apparently a new dna analysis shows that the earliest indigenous prehistoric people in england had dark brown skin curly hair and lactose intolerance despite being named after cheese apparently <laughs> since then we have all whitened up y'all saw that man and i just laughed because uh i feel like the further you go back it's all black but you know 
Mm-hmm. We don't want to teach that in the schools. Oh no. Uh all right, man. We'll be back tomorrow morning, like I said, with local kids. Um, you know, so thank y'all for listening. Yes. Uh, appreciate y'all and uh, you know, until next time, uh five more days to Black Panther. Yes, be safe out there. Mm-hmm. No wrecks. No wrecks. Don't be don't be falling out with people. Mm-hmm. Everybody everybody trying to live to see the cane. Unplug your crock pots. Yeah, don't be don't be starting no fires. Blow out your candles. All right, until tomorrow, I love you. I love you too. Mwah. Mwah.